When someone says Rockstar, it conjures up visions of fun, success, and overall badassery. For me, the term isn't always embedded in music. It's about general confidence, charisma, and constantly trying to better oneself and the world that surrounds us. Live Like a Rockstar explores stories of the everyday rockstar who positively impact their communities and society overall. I'm your host, Natalie Weiser Orozco, and you're listening to Live Like a Rockstar. Welcome to episode two of Live Like a Rockstar. I'm your host, Natalie Weiser Orozco, and today I have my good friend, Olivia Sanchez, on to talk about waste. I first met Olivia at the Food Rescue and Waste Prevention Ambassador Certification Program put on by the City of Riverside. It was a cold February morning after class one day. I was sporting my motorcycle jacket, proudly displaying my metal badges of honor, one of which was my dancing pin. She commented on it. I do have tattoos. Does that make me a little more rock star? Hell yeah! <laughs> and instantly, I knew our relationship would blossom into something much more than a teacher-student arrangement. She was a waste rock star who also liked metal. What more could I want in a friendship? So, without further ado, hello, Olivia. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for asking me to be on your show. I'm really stoked. I listened to the first episode and I was like, woohoo! I'm glad you're making your way there out in uh, in Maryland. It's very oh, cool. Yes, thank you. So, um, so you work for the Riverside County Department of Waste Resources, right? I sure do. Yes, but I have been in the trash world for uh, over 20 years. Oh wow, <laughs> wow! So what's your title now? Um, I'm a program coordinator, which means probably literally nothing. So we've retitled it as a recycling and community outreach um, program coordinator. Um, so which is exactly that is outreach and education to both businesses and to residents um, on the best ways to reduce, reuse, recycle, and encourage waste prevention and alternatives for um, for some of the materials that we are creating and how to compost vermicompost. And I have a an amazing recycling team. It's my recycling squad. The, the enthusiasm, the go-getism is there. And so um, I'm, I'm thrilled to work with such a, with a really great team, with a really seasoned team. And then I've got some new people on board too. So it's a good amalgam. I really enjoy it. Oh, that's amazing. So how did you get involved in this field to begin with? What, what's your, <laughs> what's the seed? <laughs> the seed, you know what? I can never say enough about internships. I started out as an intern and I think it's what's neat is that it, it gives you an opportunity to try things that you you wouldn't have normally experienced. Um, there is a, a structure to it and you're learning from others. And so I met a, um, a very sweet woman. She really ignited my, my passion for, for this industry. And she had, we had met taking some classes together and she asked me if I would be interested in being an intern where she worked and I was, you know, uh, finishing up some classes and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, sure. It's paid. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, it was. Thankfully it's wonderful when that happens, you know, it's okay yeah. if it isn't. So that's how it all kind of started. And then I, you know, started from there just working with students. It just kind of blossomed and then and I became a full-time employee and, you know, there wasn't anything that we didn't do. I even wore a, a, a mascot costume a few times. So <laughs> <laughs> I was not above it. Oh my gosh. What was the mascot? 
Um, well, one was a giant blue oil can, and then the other one was a giant cat. His name was uh, Trash Cat Masterson. Oh, and... <laughs> oh my gosh, how cute! <laughs> it was really cute. I enjoyed wearing it, but we would go and do presentations to students. Um, again, I was part of a, a whole entire recycling team, and we had a really wonderful camaraderie. And I think that's actually what really was um inspiring to me was it was just these groups of this group of like-minded people and individuals who were trying really hard for their urban environment and we just clicked and we all had different backgrounds um so it was it was like being a part of a family after a while and i just like the idea of being in a job where you had that you know and yeah. we felt like we really had a goal and we we were trying to do something you're trying to make a difference. And if you have that, you don't want to let it go, you know? Exactly. And I think your enthusiasm for all of this really transferred over to me. Now I'm just like, let's help heal this planet. That's kind of my whole stance on things. Like anytime I make a decision regarding waste, anything I produce, I'm like, what would Olivia do? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and you know, here's the crazy thing. It's, it's what would Natalie do? You know, it, it's so, it is such a, but I, I thank you for that. And I, I'd love to be a part of people's stories, but you know, you, you make your own way in terms of you know, what are you willing to do and give up and compromise. And in like in six months, did you really give up anything or how much did you really gain? Did you know that 40% of all food produced in the U.S. is wasted? That's 133 billion pounds of food that is wasted per year, representing 1,249 calories per person per day. That could definitely feed you for at least breakfast and lunch every day. Food waste is also an expense that we all bear, whether it's retailers, restaurants, or our own homes. $161 billion to be exact. This food also ends up in landfills, making up 20% of landfill weight. The methane released in the breakdown process is actually 21 times more powerful than carbon dioxide. So what can we do? We can divert this waste to food insecure Americans. We can compost it and enrich our rapidly depleted soils in the process. And we can also encourage institutions to purchase ugly produce that otherwise is perfectly fine instead of letting it go to waste. What are your best three tips for families to cut down on waste? Well, I would say food prep, meal plan, and please shop your local farmer market. Yes. Yes. Um, that, that was one of mine too. Mine was um, get a reusable water bottle. Stop buying mm -hmm. those cases of water. Um, use only three squares of toilet paper per... <laughs> <laughs> And also eat out less and, and go to the farmer's market and use your reusable yeah. bags there because I'm sure you can still use those. Yeah, yes. And as a matter of fact, going back to the to the bags, you can bring your bags into a lot of places now. You just have to bag it yourself. Oh, and yeah. And you know what? I remember, you know, back in the day when they had the conveyor belts or at certain restaurant or sorry, um, grocery stores, you could just do that anyway. So I just say, why not? Because there's always somebody who thinks it's perfectly okay to put the eggs on the bottom of my bag anyway. <laughs> Right. Um, so that's fine. But yes, yeah, so reusable bags are, are back um, and they're back, baby. All but, right. Uh, <laughs> yes, so finally. We can do it. 
And here in California, yes, we will we will con- we are back to charging ten cents a plastic bag if oh. you choose not to bring it in. Good. So that, yeah, that took a bit of a hiatus, but now it's back. Oh, good. Um, what yeah. about composting? Like, oh, so yeah. many people are gardening nowadays. You know, everybody's making sourdough bread, and everybody's got a garden. It <laughs> seems like, right? So it does. You saw my squashzilla. <laughs> yeah, I, thought... I did. What are you gonna make with huge. that? <laughs> I don't even. I just feel like flinging it at people that are <laughs> setting off illegal fireworks. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I, I, I'm planning on, on cutting some of them up into little circles and then breading them and making them fatty little, uh, I know, yeah. exactly. So I'm going to do that and then I'm going to cut some up. And actually with that said, going back to composting and um, and to even meal, meal prep, food prep, is getting your vegetables and understanding how your vegetables can be saved for later if they're frozen what do you need to can they just be cut up and frozen as is or do you need to blanch them but i think that that's always a great opportunity to take food that you are getting from um, the farmer's market or even from the grocery store mm-hmm. and and saving them because think of how much of our food ends up going to waste wilted lettuce you know yes. and we and part of our food um our food ambassador program was to show people hey just soak that lettuce in some water and it'll spring right back to life um, you know, but I think that's kind of a huge thing is people need to understand, um, how their food works, right. <laughs> how they can, how they can preserve it or use it. Are you, and can you, can, is, is food preservation a thing or can you freeze some of it without it just turning into mush? Uh, do you need to blanch it ahead of time? Um, yep. because you're really doing yourself a disservice both to, you know, your, your pocketbook and the environment by just letting this stuff rot and go into you know, go into the, either the trash, um, if you're not composting. Yeah. So that's why um, I, the... I feel really, um, uh, like when I am, you know, having that lettuce that is a little too wilty to spring back, I don't feel as guilty about tossing it in the compost because you're helping build better soils that way too. I have this book, um, mm-hmm. that my friend bought me. It's called grow more vegetables and it talks about soil health. And this is kind of a little tangent, um, aside from waste, but they talk about how the soil health and all the chemicals that we're using to not only, um, spray as far as pesticides go, but also, chemicals that help our food grow better um, are still depleting our soils and as home gardeners we can Mm -hmm. you know have our compost bin and help build our soil back up to be nice healthy soil again by the use of composting absolutely whether you are aggressive composter passive composter and well, it's the difference. Well, the difference is one, you're just really paying attention to it. You're turning it, you're watering it, you're putting in nutrients through, you know, more nitrogen or carbon rich materials or passive. Like, Hey, you're just throwing it in there. You water it when you water it. You're just letting it break down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it takes much longer, of course. But, um, I think, I think that it's important to avoid food waste to begin with, but if you have food waste and you can compost and put it back into your garden, all the more better. Our um, department has amazing composting um, classes that we offer. Uh, we have them online. And oh. uh, yeah, so if you just want to watch one of the videos and not um, I have to, because um, we have been scheduling. Well, that's the other thing with, with COVID. Uh, we're, uh, um, we're not going out and doing the presentations like we used to, but we have been doing them virtually. 
so live and so people can ask questions whatever but we also have these vid- we also have them videotaped um, both english spanish and they're available um, also with also for vermicomposting if you want to try your hand with vermicomposting uh, with worms yes um it's a different type of process different type of materials that these little guys like to eat um, we have those programs and we have just added a um, we have a green cleaning program and we just added a green gardening uh, class. We just finished taping that the other day. So that should be going live in the next few weeks. Oh. Um, sorry, should be posted in the next few weeks. Basically how to get rid of pests and pesticides. It's almost like integrated pest management, but it's just to make sure that you're um, attending to the pests in your garden without you know resorting to chemicals right oh that's so. incredible oh where can we find that on um yeah so that's on our um that would be on our web on our web page rcwaste.org okay and we'll be um getting getting that information up in the next couple of weeks so being in this industry you deal with trash all the time and i imagine <laughs> that sometimes um things can get discouraging um, just because there's yeah. so much of it, you know, how do you, how do you keep up your enthusiasm around continuing to try to inspire people? That has to be exhausting sometimes, no? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I drink a lot. No, I'm joking. I don't do that. Um, no, um, although, although us recycling folks can party, um, <laughs> You, you know, know it. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Um, I'll say, yeah, like a rock star. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think, I think what it is is, yeah, we do get discouraged. Um, I've been driving home sometimes, you know, tears streaming down my face because I'm thinking, you know, somebody will pass a policy or you know there'll be a rollback maybe on the federal level, EPA, where something happens, and we're like, you know, we work so hard. Um, right. there was several boards that I've sat on where we worked on different pieces of legislation that, you know, those items got gutted. And, you know, I'm talking the early, early day bag bans, even before um, when the state was trying to consider something like that, there were um, very, it was very piecemeal and patchy. And um, it was like, well, why do we want to be a part of this? I mean, we're nowhere near the ocean, you know, (laughs) and it was just, you know, and people didn't understand the proliferation of plastics and, And so you get really like just kind of gutted by that. And, um, and, and so it's like, you know what, it's not so much what's going to happen and how it's going to affect the people within this 10 year span, what's happening in 20 years, 30 years, you know, stuff that you have to do and think about and not selfishly think about for future generations of both for, for not just for children, but for the resources children should have when they become adults and their children's children, you have to think so far down the future when you are in this um, industry you need to think you know 20 30 40 plus years um because the effects and the hard work that you do aren't sometimes always going to be immediate it just isn't and so it is i mean talk about long-range planning so (laughs) i think when you go in with that mindset you don't you don't get too defeated but believe me it happens and and sometimes the the climate that you work in um, isn't conducive to you feeling those wins and, and, and as much as you want to try to stay there and be the change, you know, you have to be part of a network. You have to have other people to, you know, cheer you on, push you ahead and, you know, help you. And, and I need to keep my spark going because I wasn't going to allow it to be dulled out by, um, circumstances I can't control. Let me focus on what I can control 
which is my response to, you know, uh, either negativity or, you know, naysaying or whatever. Um, you just got to find your, you got to find your scene, find your crowd. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about recycling in COVID land. Have you seen any differences <laughs> in waste yeah. during this pandemic? We've certainly seen our trash generation increase, especially on the residential side. Uh, commercial, obviously, that has been impacted because businesses weren't open for a long time. Yeah. Um, the generation wasn't there. And even if the generation was there, the type of waste they had, they were getting rid of things. So, and by getting rid of things, I mean restaurants and places like that, convention centers, places that were used to having, you know, these large gatherings of people to feed right. for different events, they still had, you know, their deliveries coming in. So they started selling a lot of these, a lot of food out to people just outright, you know, buy a box of whatever for $50. And this is everything you get, you know, a staple of, which is great. So they still had the generation, but they were moving their, their waste in terms of packaging, you know, along with all the food and selling it as product. But once you also had schools closing and so now you had children at home, <laughs> um, the waste was almost comparable to what we see. Like uh, there's a seasonality to waste. So um, you saw, we saw the generation you know, definitely pick up what you would see like maybe during the summertime when you have more children at home right. is, you know, what we saw, you know, during the regular winter and, and spring months. Jeez. So it was, um, yeah, just a lot of material. And, you know, contamination for sure, because people are using that other container. Yeah, for, um, they don't to have collect enough a lot room, of that. right? <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't. And um, um, and then plus everything was, you know, there was a big concern about reusing plastic bags or any or having reusables because, you know, um, you, you normally here in California, you could take your reusable bag in to the grocery store and they, you know, you they the, the checker or the, the bag, um, your bag, your bagger would put everything in there and you hand it to you and you're, and you're done. But in order to limit exposure, there was, um, you know, sort of a, a ban, uh, if you will, on reusable bags in, oh at grocery gosh. stores. That and, sounds um, so counterintuitive, but I get it, you know. Yeah, I don't think the people really, we, well, we were trying to understand how long the virus lived on surfaces. Right. That was the other end of it too. And then plus we didn't, we were thinking about our, good folks at the material resorting uh, material recycling facilities who had to sort these items. What was their exposure? Although at the same time, they are always fully PPE'd up, which I think most Americans now know what PPE is, which is, <laughs> I, which is kind of crazy. But yes, your personal protective equipment, which would be your goggles, your, your, um, your masks, mm -hmm. gloves and all that. So they always operated that way. But um, you can't exactly social distance inside a uh, material recovery facility all the time either. Oh so my gosh. there was, um, yeah. So we just saw a huge generation. We're still seeing it. And, um, you know, a lot of contamination in terms of masks and gloves. Um, if there's one thing that your, your dear listeners could please take away from this is if you're going to use a single use mask or gloves, please put them in the trash. Okay. That's it. All right. So <laughs> that's it. We don't want to see it on the ground. We don't want to see it at the at the beach, at the shore, in the uh, in the storm drain. Right. You, you just don't want to see any of this stuff out anywhere. Right. Um, Get it in your put trash it, can. Put it in your trash can. That's Got all it. there is to it. Um, we're still seeing a lot of material. 
and our landfills are busy. The department I work for does operate the la- uh, the landfill system here in Riverside County. So, you know, we're 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 certainly busy and we even had to, you know, rethink how we have people coming into work and how we're, you know, um you know, staggering shifts, and um, we have a lot of more of our administrative people telecommuting, things like that, but um, trying to get that whole waste reduction um, mantra out there, mm-hmm. and then you actually saw such an uptick of food delivery systems, too, which there's oh, additional boy. packagings, and, you know, uh, and for a while, many people, even prior to COVID, were certainly using those already prepared meal type things, where they ship you a box of, you know, heirloom tomatoes, and, you know, salmon and whatever right (laughs) well well when you get that stuff by mail there's just a lot of packaging that is not recyclable right Uh, now can you reuse some of that though some of it yes you definitely can but i don't know how many people can reuse 15 different cold packs within a two-week period (laughs) so (laughs) unless you got a lot of unless you're playing a lot of football outside and getting injured a lot i I just right again yeah and and that's a problem yeah it is a lot it is a lot. It's it's not good. So do you have any closing remarks? We covered quite a bit. I just had two more tips. Yes. Which is, um, again, because this is an issue that we see and you'll, and you'll and you read about and you see it also is things like clothing, donation, quality, sustainability. Look for things of quality, even if it's not just their clothing, anything that you are purchasing, make sure that it can be, um, that it's of quality. It's not something that's cheap cheaply made, you have to throw away, that it can be repaired. Uh, look to, look for things like fix-it clinics. You know, if you can fix something and reuse it, all the better. And lastly, and this has a lot to do with you, Natalie, is get involved at the community level. That's what you did. That's how we met. Uh, look at programs that your cities or counties are offering or even other nonprofits or the sustainability groups. Uh, get involved on in that community level. It can be anything. You, um, you've got everyone has a network, so you can help spread the word. I, whether it be food donation or you know, um, any type. Of, it could be citrus gleaning, but oh, more yes. so. Obviously, stuff that happens during. There's different types of crops that are growing throughout that people have their local, their local um, trees. You know, if they need help, if you have a neighbor that has a whole bunch of lemons and things like that, and they're elderly. Offer to pick some of those things for them yes. and they can be, be donated. They can take half, whatever. The idea is to um, get involved at that community level and, and be a part of that solution. You yes. know, it's, it's great when you have your whole entire bubble done and you're feeling very insular and it's like, okay, I'm good. But, but if you're not sharing that information or sharing that well, mm-hmm. it doesn't do, it, it doesn't, it's not going to get the, uh, the ever the, the long-term effect you know you have to share your awesomeness with other people definitely and if you don't know where to start start with your county's waste management website just go on there and poke around mm-hmm. i mean that's yeah. uh, before this interview that's what i did and you know move into a new place and it's like oh there's so many little nuanced things that you can do with some of your trash that you would never think of Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me to be on your show. I wish you nothing but amazingness. We, we miss you here in California, but you know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivia, for coming on the show and um, imparting your rock star knowledge as far as the waste goes. We got to take care of our rock. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I love you, girl.
girl. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love you too. All right. We'll talk to you soon. That was Olivia Sanchez, the Reduce, Reuse, and Recycling Rockstar, providing recycling, community outreach, and inspiration for the businesses and residents of Riverside County. Check out the RC Waste Facebook page and rcwaste.org for videos on recycling, composting, vermicomposting, green cleaning, green gardening, and so much more. I am your host, Natalie Weiser Orozco. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, I encourage you to live like a rock star. <laughs>